You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hello and welcome to episode 53 of the Manage Mental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. This podcast is propelled by your input and feedback, so please rate and review and leave us a comment on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. We would like to give a big thanks to Kyle0611 for our newest five-star rating and positive review on iTunes. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, Mr. Mike Mowry. You know, I don't know when you stopped doing it. You know, you've quit doing your little witty things as you troll my Instagram, you know, to give me, you know, some other description it went do you remember when you quit doing that i don't it was a long time ago maybe i'll pepper it in and bring it back surprisingly whenever you're least expecting it absolutely i guess i guess it all went down with the man bun right (laughs) it did oh my goodness in the last episode we discussed how to develop your brand image that was a really cool episode so check it out if you haven't already Today's episode is sponsored by our buddies at rockabilia.com. Go check them out for the awesomest collection of officially licensed band merch on the planet. Use our code PCMANAGEMENTAL and get 15% off your entire order. Yeah, it's so awesome what they're doing over there and their support of you know us as podcast hosts and the entire Jabberjaw Media Podcast Network. And people are heading over and using the code, and I'm happy to announce that we are extending our promotion through the end of February. So we want to thank everyone who has used the code for one of their over 500,000 officially licensed items. No counterfeit BS. And if you haven't, and you're looking for some new gear, please do head over. I can't stress enough how supportive they've been of us. And with you guys going in and using our code and the other codes uh, for our hosts, you know, it's making an impact and they're going to continue to support us. So thank you, everybody. And don't hesitate to tag Blasco and me on any of our socials if you do purchase something and want to post a picture. Yeah, very cool. This week, we talk about some music business myths that could be detrimental to your career. This is going to be killer, so let's get mental. Before we dig in, you know what's kind of crazy in thinking about this and reading over is how quickly the industry changes, right? You know, and, yeah. and I'm curious when we get when we go through it, if if what we say now will still be relevant in a year or two. What what are you thinking just out of off the cuff? 
Yeah, man, it is moving at a pace that is mind blowing. You know, on that topic, I'm actually in the position to start shopping one of my clients that's actually, you know, a relatively successful band. So I'm in a I'm in an interesting position of like I've got a wealth of labels uh, wanting to take meetings with me. But what does that look like? Right. Like I just put out a record I, or I just put out two records right this year. The next time I put out those bands records, I don't know what that's even going to look like. Like what's it in, in, in the era whenever everything is all streaming? Like what does a record release even look like? You know what I mean? It's going to no, be, it's, a- it's absolutely. It's crazy. I mean, I've been talking, I've got a new artist that I picked up and I'm starting to shop. And as we're talking about timelines of stuff, you know, labels are starting to say we're going to premiere more tracks, you know, over time. It used to be on an album, you know, we do max of like three, maybe four. But now labels are moving to upwards of five just to kind of build the numbers, build the streaming. Because, yeah, physical product, as we've talked about ad nauseum, is going away. And, you know, even the Apple store is moving, you know, the iTunes store is moving, you know, solely towards streaming. Um, I think they said by, was it 2019 or 2020? January 2019, it is adios. Yeah. So anyways, I mean, the nice thing is there are some tried and true things about, you know, the music business, if you will. And I think when we cover this, you know, those fundamentals will still be there. But I'm just so curious. I I mean, I'm excited by these times because I think I think that change is, you know, good and I'm just so curious to see how creative people can be in regards to, you know, how they present their music, um, whether it be singles, EPs, or albums. No doubt. It's very exciting. Uh, I was looking for a topic for today. Um, I was perusing Hypebot, which is one of my favorite blogs, and we pull a lot of stuff from there. But uh, this is a guest post on Hypebot that was written by uh, Angela Mastro Giacomo, um, and she starts it off like this. In this industry, it can be easy to get overwhelmed with all the information being blasted at us 24-7. Do this, don't do that. This works, that doesn't. It can be tough to know which advice to follow and which to stay far away from. There are a few myths that I see bands still living by despite any proof that they actually work. Here they are. Number one, if your music is good enough, the labels, managers, festivals, etc. will find you. Labels want to see strong proof that you're actually marketable. Uh, For example, you'll make them money before taking a chance on you, which means before they're even remotely interested, you need to have proven yourself through engaging social media pages, successful tours, fans that are willing to support you, et cetera. Once you've done all that, then people start paying attention. Yeah. You know, I think in most of what I talk about, both here on the podcast, as well as, you know, in my coaching platform, I talk about the rule and then exceptions. And I think what she's laying out here is what I would call the rule. This is what has to happen for most artists to get signed. There's, of course, exceptions. And I always, you know, when talking to developing artists, a lot of them like to point to those exceptions. And what I always say is, look, if you can happen to, you know, catch a break and be able to skip a few steps, 
just hold on as tight as you can, you know, to that, that ride. But most of the bands do have to do this stuff. You do need to prove yourselves because, you know, we've talked about this before. Nowadays, it's so easy for people to, to create, frankly, good music. Um, and as we know, good music is only one part of the totality of, you know, all of the work that's going to go into developing a band. So you you know, if you're able to do these things to build these followings, build your streaming numbers, and frankly, get out on the road, um, because the road is <laughs> the road is typically the place that you know people kind of fall apart. But yeah, what what are your thoughts here? I mean, look, I've been managing for 13 years now, so we're going back we're going back a decade, and this number one was true then. Like the bands that I picked up with and that I picked up and developed and got record deals and those bands became successful and are still successful to this day, those bands had stuff going on. It wasn't just their music. In fact, the music was not that great. Like it like the quality of the of the the demo or the the, the tracks, if you will, um, weren't great. And the uh, the songs like weren't necessarily hits, but they were connecting with the fan base and the band was was working the the system the di- you know the digital system and they were and they were getting fans and they were and they were getting attention and they were getting views and likes and and whatever and bands that I've because I, mean, I dude like look I I love music. And I, and there's been an equal amount of bands that I just love their music and, and tried to get them a deal and maybe did get them a deal. But at the end of the day, those situations all fell apart because they just didn't have that extra value, you know, building up from the ground. They didn't have that foundation to work from. And they went out there and they got frustrated so fast that they weren't that they weren't drawing people, that they weren't making fans, you know, they weren't making any money or whatever. And those things all imploded on themselves. So like I said, I think this is, I find this to be a true statement that you've got to do the grind and get out there and start to build your music. Having great music is awesome, but by and large, someone like me or a label or a festival isn't going to put you on their just because they like your music for the most part, you know? No, um, you're exactly you gotta, right. And I think you got to build a foundation. No, you're, you're exactly right. And I think, you know, my experience has been when I've identified developing artists who aren't quite there in terms of their music, you know, that's where our value comes in as, you know, we're managers, but we still absolutely play an A and R role of deciding who to go you know, who to tap in as potentially writers or producers. And those are the things that can be developed over time without, you know, beating this thing too, too, uh, too much. You know, great music is absolutely a key component, but there has to be everything else that, that fills it out in this day and age. Yep. Uh, number two, I don't need social media. Just saying that you know you're not good at social media doesn't make it okay. If you're not good at it, either figure it out or hire someone to help you. I know this is tough to hear, but great music simply isn't enough. 
complaining about how it should be and neglecting the business side out of confusion or defiance won't change that. It will only hurt your career. Yeah, I mean, I don't really run across any artists that don't understand the importance of social media. Um, I do run across artists who, frankly, you know, don't necessarily know exactly what they should be doing, nor have the bandwidth or make the time to, you know, to utilize it to its fullest extent. So I appreciate, you know, if you're a developing artist, I do think that you should educate yourself and you know, you can always look to hire out or get somebody to advise you on what you're doing. But at, at the stage of, you know, trying to grow, it has to be genuine and it has to be your voice and your message. So I don't think that turning it over to someone makes a lot of sense, but I do think there's a lot of value in having someone, you know, kind of show you the best practices. Uh, but ultimately, you know, the fans want to hear from you. They want to be engaged with you. That's really the key to social media is engagement. And that's what's awesome about it as a tool is it allows you to engage with people from the comfort of your own home. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like she starts off the article, it's like there's an overwhelming amount of information out there. You know, which, what should I do? It, it, you know, like I, Yes, I agree with you that I don't know anyone that says like, oh, I don't do social media. I mean, if you want to be successful and you don't do social media, good for you. Like you said, there's there's exceptions and rules and there's probably an exception or two with successful bands that don't do social media. But if you want to compete, you're going to have to get hip to social media. Now, here's a couple tips. My first tip would be not every platform works best for everybody. So try them all out and then which ones catch fire the quickest, put all your efforts into that one. So say, you know, you've got, you've got a Twitter, a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a, a Snapchat, you have all this, but for some reason your Instagram is the one where you're getting the most, uh, the most action at, put the others on ice and focused all your attention on that. Don't, don't start wasting time on all these other ones. Focus your attention on that. That's, that's my tip number one. Tip number two is, like Mike said, Google, Google is your friend. Best practices for posting on Instagram. Best practices for gaining more followers. Best practices for getting more views on YouTube. There's all, all the answers are at your fingertips, but, um, you know, you're going to need to develop a personality on Instagram or on social media. I think that's the thing that I see people do that have the, the, the least amount to do with. Like you said, it's like they know that they need social media and they have it, but they don't develop a personality with it. And they're just posting like random things that don't make any sense. And they're not engaging and they're 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 not they're not. They're not talking to people. They're not talking to their fans like their fans. It's like they're just posting like random stuff because they feel that they're supposed to, but they don't really need. You know, they don't really know why. No. So you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, and this is where it helps to you know determine who is the best at this stuff in your band. If for some reason you know your singer isn't capable of developing his own personality or her own personality, I mean, look at a band like Fallout Boy, where the bassist 
you know, really took charge and it's, you know, his identity that really led the band, you know, to, to their levels of success. So it doesn't have to be, you know, any one particular person. Um, and the other thing I was going to mention, you know, obviously we're saying social media, but you, you brought up YouTube and yeah, I mean, things like YouTube and Spotify, you know, it's just more stuff to, to add to your arsenal. Um, and I realize all of it, all of it does take work. Um, so I'm not, you know, even on our end, on the manager side, trying to ensure that our artists are pushing themselves for each of these platforms. You know, it is a challenge, but I think it's one where if you can really hone your skills on it and really put the time in, it, it does deliver the results that you're looking for. Yep. Myth number three, you can be totally DIY forever. At some point, you have to stop saying we don't have any money and start thinking, how do we come up with this money? Because while you can DIY a lot of things for a long time with enough dedication, it's eventually going to become unsustainable, especially if you don't actually know how to do the thing that you're trying to do DIY. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to figure out her exact use of DIY. Um, you know, I think the way that it used to be thought of was you're doing it without a label, right? But it almost seems as if she's encompassing a bit more, you know, maybe a manager or I guess just other support. And I think I would agree that it, it really would be a challenge to do all the things that a band needs to do solely, you know, within the, the members of, of a band. But I don't necessarily think that you have to, you know, sign a record deal. I don't necessarily think that, you know, you have to do certain things that would, you know, take you from what I would consider DIY, um, you know, to, in order to, to have success, it might be more challenging, but I definitely think you, you can, what are, what are your thoughts there? The thing that I pull out of this is when she says, you got to stop saying we don't have any money and using the fact that you don't have any money as an excuse to not be able to be creative. You know, money is something that is, you know, budgets are something that are there if you're on a label. But if you're not, then you have to figure out a way around it. And you can't, you can't, I just like, you can't use it as an excuse, not in this day and age, whenever there's, you know, pretty much everything at your fingertips for not a lot of money. And look, if you want to be a success, at some point, you're going to have to invest in your career. I mean, like, you know, I invest in my, in my company, you know, like I invest, time and money and effort and all. And, and if in, and so if you want to be successful, conversely, you're going to have to, you're going to have to put in that kind of effort and time and money into being in a band as well. And I don't necessarily always have the biggest budget to do what I need to do. So sometimes you got to get creative. So that's kind of part of the thing that I pull out of here. The other thing that I will say is that an interesting side note, um, on this is I read an article, uh, recently about, how a lot of indie bands are starting to try and make the move into uh, major label territory because the feeling is that the majors have a stronghold on uh, Spotify and on streaming. And if the narrative is that streaming playlist and streaming action is where the future of all this is, that there's a trend in indie bands make, j making the jump 
to to major label land for the leverage that uh, majors have at uh, streaming. So yeah, I, just that I mean, was absolutely. There, there's no doubt. You and I both know that having additional resources is absolutely you know an advantage. It doesn't guarantee any results. I'm sure we've both either watched or been involved in projects that you know signed the labels. Um, had an entire arsenal and a budget behind them, and it still didn't necessarily connect or work. I guess the thing after hearing you talk was that we don't have any money, and I don't think that you have to give up. You know, I don't think you can. I don't think you have to abandon DIY in order to, like you said, invest money into your project. You invest money into your company. I invest money into my company, and there are ways that you can absolutely do that as a, a truly independent artist. Yep. Uh, number four, your hustle should be 24-7. There is a lot of value in having a strong work ethic, discipline, and the desire to hustle for your art, or anything else for that matter. In fact, I'd say it's one of the most important pieces of becoming successful is the ability to work through the tough times and have enough grit and passion that you can see past the sucky stage and to the light at the end of the tunnel. But there's a myth in the industry that you must work 24 seven to reach your dreams. And what this so often does is not create success stories, but instead creates burnout. Suffice to say, there's a balance between hustling and working smart and just running yourself into the ground. Trust me, so much more will be accomplished when you work smart, balance your tasks, delegate, and give yourself time to rest play and create all work and no play makes Johnny a dull boy after all. Yeah. This is something that with experience I can absolutely, you know, relate to. I think when I first got started as a manager, you're trying to create so many opportunities that you think you got to go, go, go and try to, you know, look under every rock. Um, but what you find is that it's really a process. And so, you know, one of the things I continue to say that you probably heard here is, you know, great content done consistently over time is what I've found, you know, allows bands to, to grow and see results. Well, the one thing you can't control there is time. Time has to be able to do its thing. And so if you're just, you know, completely anxious and running around trying to figure out something you can do just to do it, it doesn't necessarily, you know, that that working harder is not working smarter. So I think this one's right on point. Yeah, I mean, look, out of all of this, I pull out one word, and that word is passion. I, I feel like, I don't know about you, Mike, but me, like, I might not be working 24-7, but I'm working 24-7 in that if I'm not <clears throat> actually doing something specific, I'm always thinking about, like I came up with like this crazy idea when I was in the shower yesterday, you know, and I was like, oh, if we did this, this and this or whatever. And then it like, you know what I mean? But so, so I'm, because I'm passionate about what I do and the artists that I work with, it's it like my brain never shuts down unless I'm sleeping. And even then, you know what I mean? No, <laughs> to totally. I mean, I agree with you, you know, as a, as a runner, um, those are some of my best brainstorming sessions. And I've found by pulling myself out of the, the busy work, you know, just to say that we've done something, uh, it does. It allows you to get some perspective and come up with a different way to actually market or implement things. So I would agree, you know, but 
just like you're saying, I mean, the job is always on my mind. You know, first thing when I wake up in the morning, it's, you know, what do I got to do? Last thing before I go to bed is, you know, what's on tap for tomorrow. But I think, you know, the, the, the best advice that I can give is you really got to lay out like clear goals and then figure out the steps to try to implement those goals. And it you'll see, that's the, that's what allows you to kind of see that you don't have to necessarily grind something just for the sake of grinding it on any given day. You couldn't actually be working towards your goals by letting, you know, that process just unfold. Yep. No doubt. I agree. Final number five, you can do it alone. Just knowing you're surrounded by others who are there to help and likewise being someone who can help others in their time of need is what makes this industry so special. It can be so cutthroat out there that having these little pockets of support can really make a huge difference, especially when you're feeling lost or unclear on next steps. Having a support team, people who have your back, who want to see you succeed, it's the most affirming feeling people want to help you so let them yeah i mean this is really awesome advice and you know there are so many places that you can find support you know what i i'm a member or i'm you know privy to a number of you know cool facebook groups where artists developing artists you know developing managers are in there trading ideas and just you know keeping each other apprised of you know what they're seeing and what they're doing and I think that gives, you know, you a little bit of accountability in some sense, because you're going to want to, you know, keep up and, and actually implement the things that, that you're trying to do. But it also allows you to check in, you know, with others. I, I think, you know, in this social media age, I was joking because, you know, if you look solely at my Instagram account, you'd pretty much think I've got the perfect life. And though I do have a great life, you know, I'm not out there touting the hardships and not out there touting, you know, the, the challenges and difficulties. But I'm very, you know, fortunate that throughout my time of the business, I have built a really good support network. So I think this is spot on. What, what do you do, uh, or what do you have you seen artists do um, to get that kind of support? Yeah, I mean, look, it's just being open. It, you know, no, knowing that th there are people out there, and I, I know it can feel like that. I know it can feel very competitive and, but I mean, look, here's a good example, right? Like Mike, you and I, like we do this podcast together, right? We support each other in doing this podcast together. We have, we manage different artists. We have different companies in some respects. We're competitors, right? In, in that, like we would go after a band. Like if a, if a band becomes available for management, you would go after them and I would go after them. And that would be in a competitive spirit that we would we would do that, right? But we support each other because we know that you know that this business is what it is, and we're both cool dudes, and we're like, ah, we don't gotta like we don't gotta play that game, you know? No, it's like we, we mean, can that, do something a, cool for others. That's a great point, and really, this stemmed out of us having weekly calls, anyways. So. I, I think that's a really good example. And, you know, one of the things that I always think back to is, you know, when I was in my like more hardcore days and I wasn't even considering, you know, music as a business, I was making friends and so many of those people ended up in the industry. And so, you know, it's just, 
I think my advice is you you can be, I guess for lack of a better term, networking or making you know supportive connections at any point along your journey in this crazy business of music. So I think you're right. I think being open and you know acknowledging that you might need some help or you might need some support or frankly lending support to other people um, when they need it is is really you know you can start basically at your local level. Um, if that's where you are. That concludes episode 53. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to email us any questions or comments you may have for the podcast to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com. If you have listened this far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, what you got cooking? All good in the hood, my friend. Uh, if you guys want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, it's at Mike O'Loop. And as I always plug, I've got my coaching platform at OuterLoopCoaching.com. And we are rolling out, continuing to roll out some really great programs uh, throughout 2018. So please head over there and get you a free ebook just by plugging in your email address. And lastly, we will remind you to go over and support rockabilia.com. We've got a code PC Managemental to get you 15% off your entire order. Tell them Blasco and Mike sent you, and uh, they'll continue to support us, which is, is really, really awesome. So that's really all I got, my man. <laughs> yeah, thanks, everybody. Peace. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Well, hey friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Again.